The animals are all people, Paige. Yeah. Welcome to Horse and Aloud with Gem and Page, arguably one of the best Bojack Horseman fancasts from Australia. This is our first episode, and we are going to be talking about the first episode of Bojack Horseman, which Page knows what it's called. It's called Bojack Horseman, the Bojack Horseman Story, Chapter 1. We're going to tell you a little bit about ourselves and our qualifications. We've both, oh, sorry, my, my name's Jem. <laughs> that's true. And my name is Paige. That's, that's Paige, sitting opposite me in the studio. <laughs> we're recording in separate rooms. We live together, but yeah, we're recording behind closed doors. I don't know anything about celebrities or sitcoms or much about American comedians or anything, but I do know quite a lot about animals and animal puns, and I'm also trained in illustration, so I know about pretty drawings and character design. So that's going to be my main angle coming to this. And I know about celebrities and American media, according to Jem. <laughs> Which is, I you think, do. is a very nice way of Jem just saying, she watches a lot of television. Like, a lot. Like, maybe too much. I feel like that that's what that's saying. Listeners, I'm constantly impressed by Paige knowing the names of many celebrities. <laughs> to put it in perspective, Jim doesn't know who Seinfeld is. I know he's a man. Okay. Do you know anything about the, the show? It's about a man named Seinfeld. <laughs> Jeremy Seinfeld. You are very close. Do you want to take a second guess? James. Nah. Methuselah. Nah, you were closer with the J's. Is this good radio? (laughs) Have we made it yet? No. We've also both watched all of Bojack Horseman, so that's something, I guess. That's a qualification. Yeah. Like, we've seen all of it already, but we're also re-watching it one episode at a time to talk to you lovely people. We'll, We'll try and not talk too much about how things affect future episodes because we want you to be able to watch the show for the first time and listen to us as you watch it. In this first episode, I am going to talk a little bit at the end about how some characters have slightly different personalities in the pilot than they do in the rest of the show, Um, but we'll put that at the end so you can skip it easily and it won't be like spoilery spoilery, it's just interesting. To me. Paige, how many times have you watched Bojack Horseman? This is my fourth. I think I've probably seen the first season three times before this, and the second season three times as well, and then the third season twice. Okay. It's a pretty good show, I don't mind it. I enjoy it. I like the guy I like the guy with whose head is a horse's head. <laughs> He's a good one. Yeah. He's a good one. But he has his struggles. He does. Uh, and are we going to talk about those? <laughs> Probably. Right? Yep. 
Okay. Tell us about this episode that we've all just watched. Okay. So, as a family. brief overview. It starts and they kind of give a explanation of what Horsin' Around is. The show in the show. And he cut back to Bojack being interviewed and he's very defensive. Then the show gets, when it gets past all that, what Horsing Around is. It goes into the story of Bojack's trying to write a memoir, of, um, but he's having trouble actually sitting down to write it. And his agent and publisher both are trying to like talk him into a ghostwriter. And he's, he's real anxious about the whole thing. And that plays out into him doing stupid stuff like him and Princess Carolina dating and now they break up. And then Todd talks him into having a party, which is also a quinceanera, um, for like a, a Because a drug Todd's deal? been selling drugs. Yeah, okay. And it went but I, d- I definitely want to talk about that at the end. Okay. And at the party he meets Diane and he takes a liking to her and then finds out that she is dating Mr. Peanut Butter. And he does a big, big candy floss vomit. And, um, and we all have a great time. Jack, not Mr. Peanut Butter. Mr. Peanut Butter is perfectly behaved. Thank you very They've much. They've seen the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what happened in the episode. I guess I spent just a lot more time looking at background jokes in this episode, and that was really fun, because I'd never like, gone through and paused it, because I want to like notice all of the animal puns this time. <laughs> Firstly, I just want to get this out of the way. I do want to draw everyone's attention to the fact that in the opening, does stagger backwards past his pool and fall off his balcony somehow into his own pool. Oh yeah, I never thought about that. Even though he should have just fallen off a cliff when that happened. Yeah. It does feel like a dream sequence, though. Yeah. Furthermore, the weirdness of Bojack's magic pool is twofold, because we see the underside of his deck all the time, and there's nowhere for the pool to go. (laughs) There's no bit that juts out the bottom that would hold the water. His pool is a TARDIS of some kind. Anyway, I I just wanted to bring everyone's attention to that. Not because it matters, but just because I want it to annoy you a little bit every time you watch an episode of Bojack Horseman. (laughs) So that you can join me in my very slight misery. One of my favorite kind of animal bits in this episode was when he's talking to the penguin and he says, this is going to knock your ass back to the South Pole. And the penguin says, I'm from Cincinnati. And then they look at each other awkwardly. (laughs) But then in the penguin's office later in the episode, there's a framed picture of an igloo. Yeah, I saw that. I did actually see that. Yeah. So I like to think that I like to think that that's Pinky like trying to get back to his cultural roots. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not that that actually makes sense because he igloos are from the North Pole. Although, so people make a big deal all the time about how polar bears live in the North Pole and penguins live in the South Pole. There are actually penguins that live on the North Pole. Yeah. Were they like introduced? You know that? Yeah. Like they're not native to there, but there is a self-sustaining introduced population of penguins. Yeah. So maybe he's from that. Yeah, maybe. I mean, in this world, did did penguins get introduced anywhere? Was there ever a point where penguins were just animals on boats? Nobody knows. Yeah. Listeners, if you think that I'm overthinking the world building here a little bit, you're right. But also, <laughs> I will say, if that bothers you, you probably should stop listening. 
because overthinking the world building of this show is the main thing that I bring to the table. <laughs> like, there's a bit where he's watching the episode of Horsin' Around, and he says, Nay way, Jose, and then Bojack's laughing, and he says, It's funny because nay is a thing that horses say. I wrote that down ago. in the Bojack Horseman universe, that's not a thing horses say. Horses just talk like people do, because horses are people. And there's a horseshoe... There are horseshoes everywhere, and but no one has hooves. <laughs> Jumping back to the horses say nay thing, unless that's like a nervous tick or something, like the kind of Ooh. they all seem to have something like that. Yeah, maybe. Do you, does he ever just straight up make a horse noise when he's startled or something? I don't know. Keep an um, eye out for that one. Yeah, we'll keep an eye out for that. I think in general they don't really make animal noises. Like, I think that... Yeah, but sometimes they do, like, act like the animals that they are. Like, when Princess Caroline gets pushed out of the car, she lands on her, like, four feet. Pause. They do definitely act like the animals they are, but I don't think that that ever extends to making the noise. Yeah. Princess Caroline hisses, actually. Yeah, she does. But people can hiss. Yeah, and I feel like she says meow very flirtatiously, but that's probably something that humans also do. Oh, this is tricky. <laughs> so another thing. Yeah. The door to the house in the horse and around house is one of those horse doors that opens at the top and the bottom. Yeah. Which is specifically designed to stop horses from being able to get out. <laughs> Which is really funny, like, I know it's just there because it's a horse thing, but it's like, it's like him wearing a saddle because he's a horse, like, it doesn't actually make sense. Yeah. Unless horses are animals. Yeah, where did the, like, split take place where it was appropriate for them to have those doors and now it's like, I feel like he's doing it ironically? That We should point out the name of the character he plays in A Horse and Around. He is the horse Just from Horse and Around. The character's name is the horse, and his name is the horse in universe, in the Horse and Around universe. Yep. His children know him as Horse. That just sounds really which is depressing. Racist. Okay. Do you think he was like the first, the first horse with a leading role on TV? No, I don't feel like there's like that much discrimination. I don't know, people do lots of, like, kind of casual speciesism jokes. But, yeah, I don't know if that's, like, just the tip of a large iceberg of, like, civil rights. <laughs> like, I don't think anyone's racist against humans. People are eating animals, and I don't think anyone's eating humans. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they are, like... So that's something. Yeah. But, like, you couldn't have... You couldn't have an episode about, like fighting for the rights of animals versus humans. It's too genre-blind for that. Yeah. Like, there are so many jokes in Bojack Horseman and, like, world-building quirks that only make sense out of universe. If you look too closely at it, it's, like, staring at the sun and it just all falls apart. But it's weirdly fun to think about still. Yeah. For a given value of fun. <sighs> anyway, there's a shop called Lululemming instead of Lululemon, and that's just darling. <laughs> I didn't notice that. It's cool. So one really small thing I noticed this time that I really liked that I'd never noticed before is when Bojack is answering a phone call, you know how it has like a little button for answer and then like a little button for speakerphone? 
Oh, yep, yep. Yeah, um, the speakerphone icon is, a, like, a picture of a bird tweeting. Ah, oh, that's cute. Which is kind of cute. I also paused when you see the back of Diane's Secretariat book. Yeah. And the the blurb and the the actual, like, quotes from newspapers are all pretty, like, standard. Like, there aren't really any jokes in that. But then, <laughs> but the names of the newspapers are... The New York Times, USA Toady, and Newsbeak. It also says Diane currently lives in Los Angeles with a dog. <laughs> also, I paused on Diane's business card, and her email address is Nguyen is the loneliest number at AOL.com. Oh, that's so sad. It's also just colossally unprofessional. <laughs> Like, obviously that's the joke, but it's really funny because, like, I know artists from my course who, like, wanted a career in illustration, but, like, the the email address they were using was still their, like, Hotmail address. <laughs> Skaterdude180 at Hotmail.com. My favorite terrible Hotmail email address from high school was this girl who had sweet underscore lips oh. at Hotmail.com, oh. but she spelt it. Um, with an EA instead of a double E, so it was sweat lips. <laughs> and by the time someone Funny. pointed her out, pointed it out to her, there were just too many switching costs. <laughs> Had to keep it. <laughs> just character design things. I really like that Princess Carolyn is pink because there's no explanation for that. Yeah, pink pink cats on a thing. Her fur is dyed, maybe. Oh, like people dye their That's hair. That's like part of her routine. Oh, that's lovely. Um, and also I like that Diane's hair is actually a very dark shade of blue. And so is Todd's. Like, pe- people whose hair in universe is black is just a very dark shade of blue. And I think that that's a fairly elegant solution because the alternatives are just having it being a big black silhouette with no outline or having it be a black shape with lighter colored outlines, which always kind of pops. Bojax is black. Is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like black, black? Does it have outlines? No, it's just black, black. Hmm. Well, that's kind of less of a thing, because he's just got, like, his mane, and he's got lots of texture on his face and stuff, whereas I think on Diane it would look kind of weird. Yeah. I noticed Diane's hair was like that, but I hadn't noticed Todd's was. Hmm. Hmm. I just think it's good coding, like, it's better than just making it, like, grey. Because grey is a hair that colour is. I mean, it, fuck. <laughs> I'll fix that in post. What is the swap words option on Audacity? <laughs> in, at the very start where he's being interviewed and we see a bunch of like magazine covers, one of the things on the cover of one of the magazines was Seven Reasons Your Skin Is Gross! <laughs> who was that guy interviewing him? Did you know who that guy was? I didn't. I meant to look up whether Charlie Rose was a real LA interviewer. He was voiced by Patton Oswalt. He was the same guy who played Pinky and the Doctor. Yeah, uh, Charlie Rose is an American television talk show host and journalist. So they were parodying a real person. How dare they? Okay, another celebrity Hollywood thing. Linny Turtletop. He is voiced in this episode by J.K. Simmons. Do you know who that is? Ooh, ooh. Yeah, he's the he's the turtle man. What? 
He's the guy from Whiplash and stuff, right? Yes. Yeah, the turtle man. Do you think they got him because he looks like a turtle? <laughs> I see what you mean now. Or just because he's an extremely good voice actor? I think it's because he's a good voice actor. Okay, but he's also a bit of a turtle. He does look like a bit of a turtle. Um, and I'd just like to give a shout out to Rachel Bloom, who was in this episode, and I adore She's on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I just, I was excited when I saw her. Friend of the show. I wish. <laughs> hey, hey, maybe one day. Maybe she'll listen to this episode and be like, I was good in that. Thanks, Paige. Something that I really liked is that at the beginning of the episode, Bojack is talking about the reasons why people like tossing around and how it's because... They have a long, hard day, and they would just want to come home and watch a fun show about people who love each other, and at the end of 30 minutes, you know it's all going to be okay. Yeah. I feel like that's very deliberate irony, given the tone of the show Bojack Horseman. Yeah, good point. But it had never really struck me before. (laughs) Yeah. Because Bojack Horseman is a fun show, but it's... I guess it's sort of about people who love each other sometimes, but it's real fucked up, and basically, at the end of 30 minutes, you generally feel like shit's fucked. Yeah, I didn't realize they set that up so early. That's that's clever. The show, I think it might be a little bit clever. I think they knew people were going to watch it. Yep. (laughs) Can I just mention that the the cotton candy machine is just called Sticky Pink? (laughs) How? Do you throw up cotton candy? Doesn't it just dissolve as soon as it hits your mouth? Yeah, that's actually a really good point. You would just be throwing up kind of pinkish... Sugary sludge. It wouldn't come out of your mouth as very floss again. Unless you vomited it into a sugar spinner. (laughs) Yeah, also horses can't throw up, but... That's like a world-building thing. Yeah, they also also can't make TV shows, Paige. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> also, I liked that um, Princess Caroline's tea was just catnip. She was just huh. drinking a cup of catnip. I wonder if she can make tea out of catnip. Can people consume catnip? Um, I don't know. It's a plant. Like, you can definitely make a tea out of it, but you can make a tea out of, like, toast. Did you make tea out of toast one day? No, but... I, I looked through this, like, really old cookbook, and one of the recipes was for toast water. Ah. You just make a slice of toast and soak it in water and then strain the toast out. Okay. Does toast even have a taste? I really feel like toast is mostly texture. Oh, it has a taste, but... Anyway, that's probably not going to make it into the final cut. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, maybe it will. Maybe some of it. Okay. We'll see how much stuff we've got to work with. This is a shit podcast. What? No, it's not. Anyway. um, Okay, so listeners, we're going to... I'm just going to talk about a few things in a little bit that are, like, slightly spoilery. Or, like, I guess just mostly only interesting if you've already watched at least, like, the first half of season one, I guess. But it's not going to ruin anything for you, but if you do want to skip it, you can. But before I do that, I do just want to... Talk about the song that plays during the credits. Oh, I didn't even listen to that. Yeah. It's always struck me as a song written by people who had only the vaguest description of what the show was about to work with. Okay, yeah. Like, have you ever paid attention to the lyrics? Um, vaguely, yeah. So the lyrics of the song at the end are, and make you understand... 
that I'm more horse than a man or I'm more man than a horse. Yeah, see that last bit. Like, that to me makes it seem like they were given some copy that, like, explained the basic story premise that he's a washed-up actor who was in a very famous TV show back in the 90s, (laughs) Bojack the Horse, don't act like you don't know, (laughs) and that he's living in his past, but he doesn't think he's going to last. So that's all great. But what the fuck are they talking about at the end? Like, the fact that he's a horse very rarely is significant. Yeah, and he's never he never struggles with the fact that he's a horse. Yeah, like, is he more horse than a man or more man than it a horse? It doesn't matter. A horse is a man in this. Yeah. Well, that's as good a nerd as any to start moving into the slight spoiler zone. Um, Mr. Peanut Butter seems like more of a jerk. In the first episode? No, I don't think so. Like, there's the bit where he pulls up the chair and is like, oh, is this awkward? I'm gonna sit here anyway. And, like, that that's, like, pretty low level, but still, like, that seemed like he was deliberately trying to make them uncomfortable. Which is interesting. And then there's the bit at the party where he's like, this one wants to have sex with me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Which is, like, another pretty weird joke for him. Yeah. The first bit I kind of brushed off as him his like jovial ignorance of like I can improve any conversation I'm in. But yeah, the second bit that is kind of out, out of character. And it's not a, it like it's not it's not that jarring. It's just slightly interesting. And this is a really common thing in pilots of everything. Mm. Like most characters don't kind of fall into their groove of characterization for a little while. Yeah. Maybe they wanted him to seem like a a jerk at first so you could, like, get on board with, um, Bojack hating him. I mean, I guess at the beginning he's kind of the closest thing we have to an antagonist. Yeah, because, like, if he's a perfectly fine person to begin with, you- it would kind of distance you from Bojack's character. Yeah. And you'd be like, why does this dude hate him? He's a little abrasive, but it's not that bad. Lots of cutaways in this episode. It was like a Family Guy episode. Yeah. And, like, I get they were they were trying to establish quick backstory, and cutaways are a really easy way to do that. But it was just really interesting. Like, I can't think... Like, I, I feel like there are barely any in later episodes. Yeah. The main thing I want to talk about is Todd was selling ecstasy... I can't picture Todd getting his shit together well enough to sell anything. <laughs> like, I, I, get, I guess he does, like, sometimes undertake bigger projects, but, like, the, the fact that Todd was, like, a literal drug dealer for a while? Also, like, like the rabbit with the hood on next to him who gets shot in front yeah. of him. First of all, super dark. <laughs> that person was there just to get shot. Yeah, and but like that's the thing in universe. Presumably, that's his accomplice. Were they friends? Was he selling drugs with a rabbit? His f- friend, the rabbit, who's dead now. Yeah. The fact that Todd was being a drug dealer on a scale that would bother organized crime is just super weird. I feel like it must be an accident, though. Actually, yeah, I could see that. Like that. That's like the end game of, like, a a Todd's Caper episode that we missed. (laughs) 
Like, it was all just some big goofy misunderstanding and he actually just, like, went out to buy a new scarf. Yeah. And ended up and ended up seeming like he was selling drugs on cartel turf. <laughs> Classic Todd. Yeah, that's my new headcanon. <laughs> so yeah, if you listened to this episode, and presumably if you can hear this, you did. Or you're me, editing it. Um, thanks. And tell your friends to listen to it. Yep, find us on Facebook and Twitter, hopefully, at this point. We'll have that all set up. Yeah, I mean, I guess just try just try, try searching Horse and Aloud on Facebook and or Twitter, and presumably it, our thing is some variation on that, on both of those. Yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed. That's H-O-R-S-I-N apostrophe A-L-O-U-D, or hashtag Saddle Club. <laughs> what I wanted to call the podcast, but apparently it's already a thing, so we can't name it that. Cool. Well, I've been Paige Winkle. And I've been Jem DeSalis, Australia's Griffin McElroy. <laughs> and thank you for listening. And thank you for recording with me. Aww.